Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of Oaktown Boys. Sad face, honestly. Sad not face. A, not a great week. I'm Corey, and I'm sad. I'm Dan, I'm sad. <laughs> but life goes on. Yeah, I mean, we gotta... Things might get better this week, but for now we have to Maybe. talk about how bad things went last week. Um, so, Monday just started off with a real clunker. Um... I guess not. It didn't start off as a clunker. It ended up as a clunker. Um, Chapman home and early. Um, and then they loaded the bases and Cannon knocked in a run. And then uh, left the bases loaded with one out, which is the uh, first time that happened this week. And uh, it just didn't get any better from there. They were up 2 nothing. Lead slowly slipped away. There was at one point they suicide squeezed with their catcher. And it worked, and they scored a run, and it just everything was going poorly, and they ended up losing five to two. Um, Frankie with five innings, three earned, six walks, six Ks, kept us in the game as he normally does, but um, just couldn't capitalize on chances to score. Pretty much Chapman homering was the only only good part. Um, Chapman homering and Frankie continuing to be Frankie. You know, I just every I you know five innings, three earned. I'm not that mad at Frankie Monte. He was a little bit wild. I feel like he's not, he hasn't been walking people half as, like nearly that much recently, so that was a little bit uh, that was a little bit unexpected. But other than that, I mean, just kind of a bummer of a game. Um, Petit gave up a run. Gary gave up a run. AJ um, Puck. AJ Puck had a nice. AJ Puck did. AJ Puck struck out too. Um, yeah, just another bummer of a getting out to a lead and then blowing it type yeah, of game. They they've have, done it way too many times. They've done a lot of that. And they did it again. So you know, that's uh, that's how. That's how that game went. That's how the week started. And That's then how the it week just started. continued to snowball into one of the worst weeks ever witnessed as an Ace fan. Yes. The A's lost 9-0 Tuesday, but the score was mostly irrelevant because in what inning? Uh, second inning, Chris Bassett got destroyed. Say they had a lot. Brian Goodwin hit a line drive right back at his face, and he couldn't defend himself, and it broke his face. Yeah. And like, luckily, he's okay. Um, like his jaw, jaw, and his face, or just maybe, just maybe the face part. I don't know. It had some ter- terrifying name, like a tripod fracture. Mm. Anywho, it looked so bad, and there's so much blood. It was maybe the most affected I've ever been by seeing somebody get injured on TV or in real life. I had a hard time thinking straight the rest of the day and i'm sure many of my fellow ace fans were in the same boat especially until we found out he was going to be okay or not because there was a long period of time where we thought he was i don't know never going to see the same again or play again who knows hopefully he makes it back even now it um yeah it really looked like i i don't know i mean it really looked like it hit him square in the eye and that would have been super i mean it was already bad i'm sure it wasn't great anyway but it was. It would have been that. You know, I don't. God knows what would have happened. So I'm glad that didn't happen. But uh, so it was all yeah, bad. Stupid game. He was charged with three runs, and then Bert Smith came in, hoping that he could work his magic magic again, and he did not. Gave up a three run dinger, uh, five runs overall. 
Game was quickly out of hand, and the A's were playing as if they had just watched one of their team members get murdered. So it was a rough day. Yeah. Rough day at the yard. Uh, again, luckily Bassett's okay. So hoping yeah, and he recovers. I think maybe outside chance he's back for the playoffs. Maybe. I think. Um, the, uh, the, I, saw, be... I, I saw the number floated around was six weeks, which puts you kind of right at that end of September thing. So... We'll see. Um, he doesn't seems really, to be ready. They he's, lost, but it doesn't matter. He's posting high-spirited tweets, and yeah. he's doing everything he can to make us feel better about it. He's, so continuing, to be, he's continuing to be Chris Bassett, for sure, which is awesome. He makes Great me think he's coming back. Um, and then, I mean, Wednesday, Wednesday, Paul Blackburn started, which was cool. <laughs> that was interesting, and he pitched um, well. They got down early, never really got back in it. I think they may. Brown tied it with a homer, right? And then they just instantly gave the run <laughs> instantly back. Instantly gave it back. Yeah, and Classic. then, yeah, I mean, it was a 3-2 to two game, and it's kind of as it's, it's as exciting as a 3-2 to two game normally was. I mean, Lance Lynn was, it was the only funny part. Lance Lynn got tossed after the fourth inning because the umpire uh, was checking him, was checking his glove and checking him for foreign substances, but the dude didn't get over there. And for the, he was like, Quite a bit of quite a ways away and wasn't hustling to get over. So Lance Lynn left his hat and glove on the field for the guy to check when he got over there. But he forgot his belt. Right. And so the guy was like, "I need to see your belt." And he just threw his belt out of the dugout because he wasn't going to come out of the dugout. And he got tossed from the game, which is funny. Lance Lynn's funny. Lance Lynn is like, yep. He's really intense and he's like, he seems to have like a pretty good sense of humor. And I, it, I think it's kind of funny. When, well, and if you I, watch John Boy's breakdown. It's it's hard to think that the umpire had a good reason to eject him. It was it was a pretty gentle belt toss. Yeah, he just um, needed to see his belt. And he tossed him his belt. Yeah. He didn't throw it. He at He seemed him. to feel very disrespected yeah. by the belt toss. Yeah, um, that's an umpire. And that was a little him. bit of levity. I mean, they won again. We lost again. Um, but like I said, Paul Blackburn pitched pretty well. Romo was good. Chafin was good. Um, they just didn't win. They didn't get hits. They did. They had some opportunities. Lent. They had. Second and third, nobody out on top of the first. Didn't get any runs home. And they had the bases loaded with one out in the third and didn't get any runs home. And they lost by one run. So that's not going to do it. You know, that's you have to get hits. You have to get hits with runs. That's how you score runs. They left 11 men on base. So it was, yeah. uh, it, was a, it was a bummer of a game. Definitely a bummer of a game. Thursday, they finally won. It was... So necessary. <laughs> Cole Irvin stepped up in a big way and delivered when they needed him most. Six innings pitched, seven hits, three earned runs, four walks, one strikeout, one home run. So he really didn't even have his best stuff by any means, but he made it work. Petit, Chafin, both uh, had scoreless innings pitched for holds, and Trevino came in, g- gave up an unearned run. On a very scary collision play between Marte and Elvis in the ninth inning. It was an easy pop-up to Marte, honestly. It was relatively shallow, but Marte so fast he got there easily. And I think Elvis was just afraid that the ball was going to drop somehow, and he's doing everything he could to prevent it, maybe forgetting how fast Marte is. And yeah, Marte clotheslined him, and Elvis had a, a scare with his neck there for a few minutes. And so... It was was a scary moment, but luckily uh, the next batter, or maybe the one after that, hit a line drive right at Marte to end the game. And it wasn't an issue. Elvis ended up being fine. 
but overall, the, the A's just stepped up in a big way that day. Murphy and Chapman and Olsen each homered, of course. Um, all solo shots except for Matt Olsen. He actually got one with a runner on in the seventh, which was big two-run home run yeah, I mean, to take the, the lead. Yeah, won the game. It was tied 3-3 at the time. And, yeah, I mean, they only left eight on, on base that day. Starling Marte with his 35th stolen base. Yeah, and it was Kohler, I mean, I, you know, you keep, we keep, I, we talk about it a lot, and I don't want to talk about it too much, but Cole Irvin. How cool is Cole Irvin? Cole Irvin's been super sick. He hung in there. He really hung in there, and it was not easy, because he was not, he, as you said, he, he was kind of fighting it a little bit. But he managed. He managed to, he managed to get through. It was a Matt Chapman, Matt Olson homer day, and the A's tend to win on those days. You love it. Uh, Friday was a great start to the Giants series. It was a really good game. Um, Josh Harrison singled singled in two runs with two outs in the bottom of the fourth and what is definitely one of the biggest hits of the year up to this point. Um, and Caprillion was great. I think Caprillion only got through five. The pitch count was a little bit high. He was like not super sharp. But um, it worked. You know, he was walking. He walked he walked four. Um, but he struck out four and he got another win. He's seven and four. His area is three, two, five. I'm loving James Caprillion. Um, and then later on in the game, Marte doubled Canna home and then stole third in an attempt to steal third, scored, right? Yep. So basically stole third. And then on the errant throw to try and catch him stealing third, he scored. Yep. So just manufactured another run. And it, it was just happen. all, it was all the new guys. That's how you create All the new run. guys again, you know, it was, uh, it, yeah, it was run production. Manufacturing runs, Run which we don't, which we don't, we haven't historically done a lot. But Starling Marte is literally bringing to the table seemingly all by himself. Yeah. Um, which is, he is playing. He is he's as electric as anyone I've ever seen. Maybe we you can know? get one more of him. Yeah, if we could, yeah, if we could clone him and just have another Starling Marte, I, like I think that would make things a little bit easier. But uh, you know, it was interesting. We only we only won. Uh, we won two games in a row. That was uh, definitely the high point uh, of the week. And it was feeling okay for a second. And then Saturday came around, and the Giants were playing super sloppy to start the game. The A's took a lead very quickly, 3-0 A's after one, and then, of course, gave two runs right back. Uh, but even with a 3-2 lead, you're feeling okay. They scored once more in the third, once more in the fourth to make it 5-2. Oh, and then, of course, it all had to come tumbling back down to earth. Uh, the Giants came up big with home runs, back-to-back home runs by Brandon Belt and Darren Ruff in the seventh inning, and then bo- both off Andrew Chafin, who has been just amazing until then. So that sucked. And then, of course, with an out in the ninth inning, Lou Trevino on the hill, A's in the lead, Five four, uh, Lamont Wade Jr. pinch hit two run home run to take the lead, and the A's of course did not score. So Giants won. Just heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking, and I see something in Lamont Wade Jr. and I think he's just going to be a superstar. I don't know something about him. He he kills he was, us. That's a big reason. He why killed I think us. That. He that was it was. I can't believe it happened. Honestly, it was. So dumb. Just so dumb. But what are you going to do? So dumb, mm. we decided to do it again. Yes. Yeah. So Sunday, um, 
we lo- we lost two to one. Um, really, only a couple notable things happened. Um, we scored a run early. Mark Cannon knocked in a run early um, with a single, and then attempting to go first to third on a subsequent ground. No, no, no. He second singled. Yeah, he was trying to go. He, he singled, got second, I believe, on a ground out, and then trying to go second to third on another ground out. Jumped over the ball, and the ball hit him on the foot. So he's out, but the Barely. umps did not make that call. The umps did not call that it hit their foot, hit his foot. It went under Canna. Um, it, Brandon Crawford misplayed it, and it bounced to his left a little bit, and everyone was safe. In real time, there's no way anyone except like Brandon Crawford knew that happened. Yeah. and uh, I don't even think Canna knew that it hit him. It's a non-reviewable play, and the umpires got together and talked about it for about five minutes. And Forever. Threw Canna, and threw Canna out. Or didn't didn't throw call can call can out, and I've just never seen anything like that happen in it my entire life. Doesn't make sense if it's not in a, it's a, if it's not in my mind. Whenever they say something's not a reviewable play, that means what happened on the field is what happened, and we we'll talk about it after the game. That's it. Yeah, we like, everybody has to deal with it. That's the end of the discussion. It's a non-reviewable play. I mean, I, it's equivalent to literally a. In my mind, it's a, it's equivalent to an umpire calling strike three on someone, and a player complaining about it and then another umpire getting involved and saying that wasn't a strike he's not out he's it's either a walk or it's a ball yeah and that is a lot like that it's that's that doesn't happen the only way this would have been okay is if immediately another umpire was like yeah hit his foot so i guess he was out that would have been the only way but it took him five minutes of talking about who knows actual like five minutes of actual time not so there's no way that came from them they were clearly just trying to figure out if it was going to be okay for them to overturn the call based upon Brandon Crawford saying it happened. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's, and I'm not, it did happen. I mean, replay it showed happen. that it de- definitely did hit him. But come on, but just Jays another, can use a little bit of luck. Well, and also just another way that an umpire blew a play in a way that I, A, didn't know that they possibly could, and B, still kind of think that they can't. I mean, what are umpires allowed and not allowed to do? You know, I mean, that's a little bit annoying, for sure, because it seems like they can kind of do whatever they want, and it, I don't know, it's just, it seems like the fourth or fifth time this season, a tenant that I held as, like, a rule, or against a rule, has either turned out to not be true, or, like, an umpire also doesn't know, doesn't know it. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, they, so regardless, they, they, they score the one run, it's one nothing until the top of the eighth. AJ Puck gets two outs, walks someone, it's fine, and then, of course, gives up a pinch hit two-run homer to Donovan Solano. So, for two, the second day pinch in a row. Pinch hitting for Lamont Wade Jr., I believe. Yeah, the second day in a row, just the Giants are going to Giant. They're, seems like one of those teams. Just really starting to seem like one of those teams. And uh, <clears throat> it sucks, because, uh, you know, like, we're good, too. But, you know, just like the Giants can't lose. Seems like the Giants can't lose. They at least can't lose two times in a row. If you find a way to beat them, they're going to do some stupid shit to you next time to make sure that you... Definitely lose, and it happened twice in a row to us. I mean, we needed to score. You get, you got to score more than one run. There were a lot of things that happened, um, and including a lot of missed opportunities to score, which is becoming a little bit of a theme. But uh, yeah, it was lame. It was a lame end to a lame week. So I guess in that way, it was fitting, but very frustrating for sure. Very, 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 very frustrating to get taken down two days in a row by two out pinch it two run home runs. That's just almost unbelievable. But we did it. We did it this week. Late in the game. That is the way it's going right now. Yeah. 
my moment of the week was the two-run single by Harrison and the and the one of the few victories the A's had this week, the one against the Giants on Friday night. And as soon as he hit it, he was fist-pumping, and he, he just is great. He's he playing fine. with a lot of energy, and it's awesome. He seems to be really enjoying himself. Well, I think you Love know they're, it. They, it seems like they all, especially the new dudes, kind of recognize that they're in a playoff race yes. and they were not in they've all, they were not in playoff races you know they they've were, all either been in one before or I, yeah they definitely I believe every, they all have been Marte, in one before and, yeah he yeah, probably he was in the Pirates too. teams yeah so yep yep they've all been here before and they know it's uh, fleeting yeah and I think you know like yeah you recognize the moment and when you even right now you know I mean winning games when the season if the, if at the end of the season when it comes down to you know one or two games you can win or lose those one and two games at any point in the year, you know, those there and they start to become a little bit more important right now. I mean, they matter in June just the same as they matter now. They're all games you win and lose, but they start to get a little bit more under the microscope when yep. you start to get towards the end of the year, obviously. Um, my moment of the week was seeing Paul Blackburn back in the majors. I was kind of like I didn't I didn't really see it coming, honestly. It like it surprised me a little bit that he made that start. Um, not in a bad way at all. But um, I love Paul Blackburn. I mean, he's as I as I wrote. He's not. I don't. I don't. I don't anticipate him winning a Cy Young award at any point in his career. You know. But um, he does strike me as a guy. He's an A's guy. You know. He strikes me as the kind of guy that could. He's he's like a three, optimistically three, but definitely four or five. You know. Like if if we were in a situation, say like next year, where Paul Blackburn ends up making like twenty five starts for us, that's not a bad spot to be in. You know. I mean, he's yeah. a, he's a good arm. He's a major league arm. And it was good to see him out there competing, and he pitched into the sixth, you know, for for your first major league start, and I don't even know how long, I didn't even check, but pitching in the sixth inning against a good lineup is not a bad way, you know, but I guess, but you you know, I mean, so that was my, uh, it was nice to see an old, it's nice to see an old friend out there. We love us and Paul Blackburn. Yeah, it's amazing. He's been on this team back in every year to 2017. He's made at least one appearance for the A's. It's a long time now. He's 23 back then. He's 27 now. And yeah, he just... I could see him Trevor Cahill in his way into a relief role for years to come. Yeah, I mean, he you know, he's he's been effective as a starter. Not for long, long, long stretches of time, but he's definitely been effective. So, um, I really, the only, I mean, other losing was frustrating, but the more frustrating thing on top of losing is that we lost a lot of close games that we didn't score that many runs during and we blew a lot of opportunities to score. You know, I mean, it was like, we're doing, we're still pitching pretty well. The pitching, it wasn't like the pitching totally let us down and we're getting on base pretty well. We're just not knocking people in because we're not, we're still kind of not homering that much. You know, it's going in They're spurts. They're all solo shots. Yeah, but I mean, it's, we're just not lining up the, we're not lining up the days that we're getting a lot of walks and getting a lot of, you know, hits with the days that we're hitting home runs. And I don't know how you, I don't know how you <laughs> remedy that. But uh, it's turning out to just not be very rewarding in terms of runners in scoring position. I mean, we're getting them, we're getting them in scoring position, and we're not getting the hits. And the only person doing it consistently all year has been Jed Lowry, and you can't just rely. You know, we can't build our we can't build our church on Jed Lowry getting two out singles. You know, like as much as I want to, I love Jed Lowry, and he should keep doing it. But so that's what they did this week. 
955 of Thrones in scoring position is not going to do it. And I mean, as I was saying, that's, you know, it's not. 955. It's a 163 batting average. Um, and, you it's know. It's probably even worse, specifically with bases loaded, right? Or yeah. Something? And I mean, I. Oh, and, I, and, I, and with zero out, it seems like they are having. With runners in scoring position and no one out, they're having. Completely uncompetitive. All they do is strike out, or pop up to, or pop up to shortstop. Yeah, and uh, that just has to get better. It has to get better. You know, I mean, you can be. It's one thing. It's one thing to be. I don't know. You just can't be doing it in the middle of the playoff run. You can't. You, this is the worst possible time to ju- to be doing all of the work, but putting the cherry on top. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's maddening, and I, gotta, I imagine it's got to be maddening for them too. But uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's hard to watch for sure, especially when you know they need to win. <sighs> this has been a very frustrating season to watch. They just take one step forward, two steps back. Very, very, very consistently. They switch it up now and then. Sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back, but it's very rarely. Leaps and bounds forward with zero steps back. No. no, they're not. They're not like. They're not really. They're not pushing away from five hundred. The way they need to be, you know. I mean, you got to be. You want to be like twenty five games over five hundred, not like settling around where everybody else is. But whatever, man. Yeah, whatever. Anywho, another week of baseballs ahead, and we'll see how it goes. The um, one of the more fun parts of watching these games lately has been the running game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, mostly this is due to Starling Marte. He's up to thirty-seven bags on the year. I'm sorry, not 39. thirty-seven. Thirty-nine bags on the year. I was looking at his walks. Seventeen stolen bases with the A's and twenty-two with the Marlins. Uh, his career high is forty-seven, so that will be something to watch for. I mean, I if you the way he's been stealing bags with the A's, he may get to sixty. I have no doubt he's going to get to forty-seven. You know, but like he, I think fifty. I think fifty is very realistic. Fifty, you can. It almost feels like, you know, health permitting and everything. You know, like if everything holds, you can pencil fifty in no problem. He sixty, you can start talking about. I mean, he's stolen what seventeen in twenty-two games with the A's. 17 for 17, baby. That's, you know, there's a good amount of games left still. There's a there's a so, solid portion of the year left. So, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But he is, he is, he and it's, when you're not getting hits with runners in scoring position, you need to find other ways to make things happen. And as we said, late in that first Giants game, he doubled, stole third, and on the attempt to, stole, to steal third, the throw got away and he scored. That's a run. And when you're not scoring runs... You need runs, and if you're not get if you're not getting runs by getting hits, getting clutch hits, then you got to find other ways to do it. And I don't know if that's bunting. I don't know if that's. I mean, I'll but if you bunts. have a guy who literally nobody can catch on base pad base pads right now, that's what you should go with. And I think Bob Melvin is onto something. Yep, and it's working. You know, I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody. I mean, I don't. I never really super consciously watched Ricky Henderson. He's a little bit before my time. Yes, but, he is. Um, he is pretty old by the time we were watching baseball. Seems to be kind of what it looked like. Just going whenever he wants and never getting caught. Yeah, and looking at his career, caught stealing. He used to get caught. He led the league in caught stealing in 2013 and 2018. 
but it looks like starting in 2019, something clicked. Uh, since then, six times he was caught in 2019, stole 25 bags, and he has not gotten caught more than three times in a year since then. So very interesting. He's figured something out, and he's still as fast as ever, clearly. Yeah. He's, hit, he's hitting 358, 392, 505 for the A's. That's a 152 OPS plus. I like. Yes. I yes, like. indeed. Speaking of hot, hot bats, we got one. We finally. Up, heating up in the desert. We got Chris Davis, and he's looking like Chris Davis. And Sir Crush himself is back. I'm sure he is as relieved as we are that that is true. You know, I mean, he's uh, he hit a walk off three run home run last night, and it was a bomb. It was an absolute bomb. And I'm I just found myself asking, like, are they not throwing him sliders low and away, or is that is that not still a problem? Because yeah, that was not a great thing. That was that was really the issue. Is he had he had no way to combat that. But yeah, so far in the Aviators season, he has eight games, three home runs, 11 RBI, one triple, two doubles. That's a 324 average, 343 on base, 1.049 OPS. You love the 1.0 OPS. Struck out know? seven times, walked zero. I guess that's that's somewhat of a problem, but not if he's crushing it the way he used to. So it sure feels like it's only a matter of time now. Well, I mean, it would, and no one has locked down our DH spot no one's, still yeah, since I he mean, left. Steven Piscotti is now down, probably going to require surgery yeah. on his wrist. So that's one less roster spot to even you know be worried about. Yeah. So I, I think Chris Davis is going to be here soon. And hopefully he can turn the season around because the A's need something like that. Yeah, I mean, we need a little not, bit of a miracle. We, we're not out of it, but we need a push. You know, we need we need. <laughs> Thought we had it, and then you know. Well, just I mean, like, we may still, but it's, baseball we do, gods it's, just things are hard right now. Keep punching you know? us in the face. They do. The Giants. The Giants really. There wasn't a good time for the Giants to go full Giants on us, but they really did. Yeah, not um, to mention Chris Bassett just getting almost killed. So. Yeah, I mean, it's rough a rough week. It was a rough week for an A's. But it, I mean, I you know to add fans. more of the Blackburn thing, it was that was encouraging. If Blackburn takes that spot, if Bassett's spot is now. He's pitching again. They already said Paul so. Blackburns. Then I'm okay with that. You know, like maybe I think that's that's a good way to. I think that's a good way to maintain that spot for now. Tuesday or Wednesday, I think. Um, what do we got coming up? Playing the Mariners at home. <clears throat> Two game series, kind of odd. Uh, twelve thirty game on Tuesday, off day Wednesday. So that's gonna be stupid. Off day Wednesday sucks, but. Four-game series versus the Yankees Thursday through Sunday. That's pretty fun. That'll be exciting. That'll be exciting. That, I mean, it's I mean, it's going to be like this for the next month. There's only one more month after this month. So here we go. Biggest, biggest, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Series. Biggest series of the season coming the up Yankee against series? the Yankees. Yes. Um, they are. Because then it gets, I think, I mean, well, Don, not to get too far, but I think it gets a little bit easier beginning of September. Tigers, Blue Jays, White Sox, Rangers, Royals, Angels. Yeah, September's not terrible. Yeah, yeah, with the exception of a series against the Astros and a series against the White Sox, September is actually pretty winnable. So this is, we really, like, so they got to bear down. There are three tough series to go. Yes. Four-game set against the Yankees, three-game set against the White Sox, three-game set against the Astros. And the Yankees are hot right now, and, and I don't really buy it. 
And all so, of these series are at home. Yes, and it's an interesting opportunity. We'll see. It's put up or shut up. This time. is this is it. This is this the is, home stretch. This, this is most, this is all we could have asked for at this point in the year. One month and a little over a week to go, and the A's. And if you to... would have given me that this was going to be our record at this point, and this oh. was our position. There is one yeah, series, the last against, series the of the year is against the Astros. Okay, we got two series against the Astros left. Um, that's crazy. So yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think this week we got six games, right? Yep. Um, I say four and two. I say four and two. I think they're. I think we they're take gonna both get in back Seattle. on the dang horse. I think we take both in Seattle and then probably split against, or we take both against Seattle and split against the Yankees. Seems like a safe assessment. Um, because that's, I mean, that's that's what we need to do. We we can't do worse than that. That or that. Or yeah, more. gotta be better. Gotta be. I, yeah. The only way I want to be wrong about that is if I'm too conservative. Yep. And right. as I said, I'm not I'm not 100% buying it from the Yankees right now. So, it would be cool if we were the ones that proved that it wasn't legit, legit, you know. Go take 3 out of 4 from New York, send them back there thinking about themselves a little bit. Uh What was Let's see here. Um you got any player predictions? I predict Chris Davis comes up. Going for it? Yeah. Signing off on it. Where else I see no reason why not to, honestly. Half the team is hitting Below 200 for certain stretches of the season, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I think we get. I think Paul Blackburn gets a dub. I think we get a. Mm. We get maybe a six inning start from Paul Blackburn. I'm not predicting that though. We just get a win. Paul Blackburn gets a win. Right on. Overall in baseball, um, I think the coolest thing that happened was Miguel Cabrera joining the 500 club, the 28th member of the exclusive 500 home run club. He's been doing this as long as we have been avidly watching the sport. Um, like he and Pujols are the two, maybe the two that come to mind that have just really been crushing it the entire time that I've been paying attention to baseball. Start to finish. Um, so this is a pretty cool accomplishment. I remember when he was coming up on the Marlins and he was stud rookie. I mean, 500 home runs is a lot of home runs. Yep. You got to be really good for a long time. I saw one interesting take about how it's hard to hit home runs out of Comerica, and if he hadn't been playing at Comerica, he maybe has fifty more home runs, if not more. Um, Chris Bassett posted a fun video on Twitter of some exchange that he had playing against him. I don't know when this was. I'm guessing it was years ago. But Miguel Cabrera just loves flicking that right center home run out Mm -hmm. and so Chris Bassett was aware of this and I think he said he told Simeon like I'm gonna go show him something out there and then bust him inside on two seamers and after he threw Cabrera like two two seamers in on his hands in a row Mickey just smiled at him and he's on to him it was was a fun video um I mean and as exciting as that is I mean he's coming up on three he's 45 hits away from 3,000 hits oh yeah so he should get there I would would imagine maybe he gets there this year we'll see if not I bet he's back next year I know he's still getting paid for a little bit yeah might as well bring him back through um yeah congratulations to Miguel Cabrera that's super cool super super cool it's always cool to see someone join one of those clubs uh, my thing of the week, not nearly as positive as yours. Just the Mets falling apart. The way the Mets Ooh. are falling apart is pretty funny. You know, this um, is a good one. And uh, they're, they're just playing. Everything is going wrong for them. They've had leads and blown them. They've had games yeah. where they've almost gotten no hit. It's been bad. They, it's been every way that they could lose. They've been losing. And it culminated in Steve Cohen apparently going into the 
Clubhouse and, you know, milling around a little bit and then going to Twitter and calling them unproductive and un- undisciplined. He said, he'd now, I'd never, I've never seen a more, un- more unproductive team of professional hitters. We need to have some discipline. OPS and slugging percentage don't lie. And if that is not the most Mets stuff I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life, you know, like, especially the glimmer of hope part, that things were going to be okay, yeah. and then they just fell apart again, yeah. as they do. This guy became owner and promised it was going to be different and just continued to make it Mets here and Mets here, and I love it. I'm it's it. it's all you could hope for. It's all you could hope for. Yep. Um, and uh, something that we got to start talking about is the playoff picture. Because it's getting close. Okay, yeah, as we said, we have, I don't even know now, 37 games left? I believe so. Uh, There's a little over a month to go, about a month and a half total. The A's are in it, ladies and gents. As of today, if the season ended, we'd be in a tie for the second wildcard spot with the Red Sox. We are two and a half games back of the New York Yankees. I'm not quite sure what the heck's going on in New York, but they are unstoppable right now. Um, I guess it had to do with a rally cat or something. And Seattle is three games behind us. So, I mean, they're really too close for comfort still. It would yeah. be nice if Seattle was to start tanking. And hopefully we can Hopefully one of the Red Sox that. or the Yankees can go down. Yeah. I don't really know who I'd rather face. I mean, it would be nice to get some revenge against the Yankees. Neither one's ideal. But... Neither one's ideal. Whoever's cold, I guess. Yes. And, of course, we're hoping to win the division. So, three and a half back of Houston as well. Yes. Um, so, we got... We have time. We're, we're within striking distance of everything that we could want. We just got to get it together. We got to start getting... We, we're three and seven in our last ten. Not a good time to do that. <laughs> it's really... It's not... They can't do that again. They no. have to stop that. No, no more three and seven over any stretch of ten games starting Ugh. right now. Um... And look back at the week. Uh, we're gonna do our look back at the week. We're 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 always gonna end with a look back at the week now because I feel like it's always always a good mood. As, to end as on. I'm hearing you good say, look back on. of the week is very confusing. But well, I mean, we're A's, looking back on an A's great. A's great of the week. Yes, A's great of the week. There we go. Um, we're doing a Rubio Durazo this week. Rubio Durazo just really sticks out in my head as. I, a guy that just like endeared me to baseball. Um, one of the coolest trades in my early A's memory that went down and like immediately paid dividends. Just some guy showed up on the A's who I'd never heard of, came from the National League, and just started raking. Yeah, and, and I mean his... It was cool. It was a really cool experience. His reign in Oakland was not very long, but it was very successful. He was, I mean, mostly 2003, 2004. But in 2003... Um, he played 154 games, 21 homers, 29 doubles, 92 runs, OPS plus a 113, and then in 2004, uh, 142 games, 22 homers, 35 doubles, wow. um, 138 OPS plus, 23rd in the MVP voting. 396 on base. Yeah. Dude, on base machine On base guy. machine. Absolutely. Oh, man, his career seemed to end early. It looks yeah. like he played a little bit, uh, maybe like in in the Mexican leagues. Oh, no, that was pr- prior to the big leagues. I don't know. Tailed off fast. I'm not really sure what happened. Yeah, I wonder if you know, injuries happen. Bounced quick. around to the Yankees and the 
Rangers and the Twins in the minor leagues first season. And then he's gone. And he was gone. So, Vanished as quick um, as he came. But loved watching Rubio Pedraza, and that was right when we were, um, right when it was really getting serious for me. And he won a World Series. Yes, exactly. It was. It was really the A's were all of a sudden revealing themselves as this beautiful <laughs> time suck. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so it remains to this day. And Rubio Pedraza was definitely part of uh, convincing me that that was going to be true. So and he won in two thousand one. He won. He won the World Series in two thousand one with the Diamondbacks. I did not remember that. <laughs> yep. But uh, big lefty. Yeah. Two forty six three nine point one career WAR. He was doing it. Ninety four home runs. Yeah. We'll see who we look on next week. We've got a few ideas in mind. We do. Um, but I think that's enough for this week. Oh. It was a tough week. Oh, the oh the Hall of Fame thing, yes, right? Quickly. Oh yeah. Okay, so. They are inducting five people into the... Six people. They've chosen five of them, right. correct, though, yes. right? Yes, um, So the five that are going in are Sal Bando, Eric Chavez, Keith Liebman, Joe Rudy, and Steve Vucinich, which are great names. Those are five great names in A's history. So. But they are allowing the fans to vote for one more. Yes. And your candidates are Jose Canseco... <laughs> Mark Ellis, Dick Green, Ramon Hernandez, Rick Honeycutt, Carney Lansford, Mark Mulder, Mike Norris, Tony Phillips, Gene Tennis, Bob Welsh, Coco Crisp, Jason Giambi, Dave Henderson, Ken Holtzman, Tim Hudson, Mike Moore, Dwayne Murphy, Blue Moon Odom, Terry Steinbach, Miguel Tejada, and Barry Zito. And, and man, it's hard to pick out I think out that you list. can only choose one. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, there's a few that immediately are definitely not in the running for me. I don't know, like Mark Mulder's not in the running for me. Not no. not a like he immediately loses out to Tim Hudson and Barry Zito. I don't even know who I'd pick out between those two. Maybe Barry Zito. Yeah, it's tough though. It's kind of sad to me that Blue Moon Odom hasn't been inducted yet. Yeah, I guess a few of these guys have a similar argument. Not Jose Canseco, maybe Mark Ellis. All right, let me start looking from the top down. Mark Ellis, Carney Lansford, Coco, Jason Giambi. Huddy. Yeah, Tim Hudson, Miguel Tejada, Barry Zito, Blue Moon Odom, Terry Steinbach. Those are probably the biggest names to me personally. I know some of these other guys were huge, huge in the history of the A's too. Um, but but I'm, if I had to guess, I would say one of those names you just listed is one of the guys that's going to get elected. You know? Probably. Maybe. Um, so, we'll see. Check it out. Vote. Let your voice be heard in the A's Hall of Fame vote. None of them are bad choices. So, go and fill them out. Let's get let's get yeah. one of those guys in. I'm sure that I'll be very happy for it. So, and that's all we have this week. It was a dumb week and we'll be, this week will be a better <laughs> week. And... We were yeah. so distraught we couldn't do the podcast on Sunday. We had to wait till today on Monday. It's too much... Too much. I had to wait a day. But here we are, and we did it, and we'll be doing it next Sunday, and we'll be in a good mood. That's right. All right. Until next time. <laughs> Go Bye. A's. Fick. <laughs>